0: Good morning, world. If you are tuning into this episode of Wheelbite, you know it is Thursday, and the week is almost over. And we welcome you to episode four of season three. This week, we've got another super special guest. My homie, my co-worker, and my hero, Mr. Todd Swalla. For those of you who don't know, Todd was the drummer for The Necros, the Laughing Hyenas, sat in with the Misfits at one point, and was a major part of the Midwest hardcore scene in the early 80s. And if you know anything about the Midwest hardcore scene, you know it was super intertwined with skateboarding culture. So we wanted to have him come on the show and talk about that classic link culturally between punk rock and skateboarding. They've kind of always gone hand-in-hand in, hand in terms of an image or an ideology. I mean, we talk about it a lot throughout the episode, that it's just fast, aggressive lifestyles. And they're very anti-establishment in their roots and very DIY. We didn't realize it till after the episode, but we neglected to speak on a couple bands today who are truly embodying that link and that's Turnstile and Trash Talk, who actually opened their own clothing-slash-skate store down in Los Angeles. And they're probably the only bands nowadays who truly do embody that crossing of cultures the way that bands did in the 80s. It used to be such a common thing to see bands either making skateboards or carrying skateboards around and really promoting that lifestyle as part of their musical identity. But now, because skateboarding is so popular, it's just kind of something bands casually do rather than really go forth and preach. That is of course with the exception of the two bands I just mentioned. They post a lot of stuff on the internet of them skating, and I mean, Trash Talk is trying to have their shop drop a video in the next year or two. But I don't want to rant about that too much, because, I mean, we're mostly focusing on old school punk and hardcore, so without further ado, here it is, Skating and Punk, the Todd Swalla Interview.
1: Welcome to San
0: Francisco. i feel like I feel like it's dangling by a fucking... This ain't bone marrow. East Coast powerhouse. What
2: the new york! I have you in a restaurant. Carter, it is fucking Friday the fucking
1: 10th. I'll give you a hundred bucks and I'll take out the Denny harness if you slide that 75-foot
2: handrail. I especially like the flip of the board.
0: What up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wheel Bite. I am host one of two, Ted Theodore Mater, and with me as always is...
1: Jay Green here.
0: Today we are joined in the studio by my homie, my co-worker, and my hero...
2: Mr. Todd Swallow.
0: Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Um, Hi, Ted. Hi, Todd. Um, For those of you who don't know, Todd was the drummer for a seminal punk band known as the Necros, Uh, he drummed with the Misfits, he also was the drummer of the Laughing Hyenas, and being from the Midwest hardcore scene, uh, it was very much rooted in skateboarding, so that's why we have him here today, and of course he'll get more into that soon, I'm sure, but because today's topic is the intertwining of punk and skateboarding we're going to say who our favorite skater punk punk skater whatever you want to call it favorite them. or most or, okay or yeah or Sorry. The,
2: who is the most punk yeah skater? who
0: i guess we're going to say who is the most punk skater when it comes down to it i guess not necessarily which is kind of funny to say that out loud that's yeah, yeah punk
2: but, skater it's punk right. as fuck
0: um yeah. i mean ultimately for me i guess i would go with I like Dwayne Peters or Jay Adams. I mean, Jay Adams was very much in the LA punk scene at one point in his life. There's even that scene in fucking Lords of Dogtown where he winds up at a black flag show
2: and Mm -hmm. kick out the wall yeah yeah basis hall that was like it was like one of those riots yeah yeah he did black slag show turned riot which was pretty much everyone for about a year
0: exactly (laughs) exactly but Dwayne like really is that spirit of like punk and skating like you know ripping pools getting piss drunk having crazy amounts of tattoos and just being like like Dwayne is kind of scary in the lore of skateboarding. Mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> like, I mean, Cardiel has the story about him spitting blood on
2: mm-hmm. him. Not even that; they'd spit on like Caballero. Yeah. Like, like when he was when he'd come up and do like a grind or something, they'd spit on him. That's wow. fucking brutal, right? <laughs> It was kind of well, yeah. It was kind of like Santa Cruz versus Powell for a while there during. It was like Gold Cup series probably. Right.
0: That makes sense then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Jay.
1: Uh, okay, so just a disclaimer for all our hardcore punk listeners out there. You guys are going to have to maybe for forgive my ignorance on the topic. Um, but uh, when Ted asked me the question initially, he sent me the outline of like who came to mind most punk skater. I, I'm, of course, going to give a typical answer um, dancing around the subject. But, uh, the video Label Kills came to mind and that was actually one of, if not the first skate videos I had ever seen, which is a Black Label video that came out probably, like, 2000, 2000 maybe around there, um, maybe a little after. Um, and of course, uh, Mike V came to mind and, uh, Ted reminded me, Christian Speedtack And then the other thing That immediately popped into my head Which is more of like Just kind of his whole His whole shit was Andy Roy With the, just like his style And the voice and His just overall attitude his voice towards, Yeah, I like that's just kind of like a Like a, a hell raising Asshole kind of like I don't know, he came to mind
0: You're up
2: Oh, the punkest... Uh, yeah, who, who embodies that spirit the most for you? I'm going to go with Jay Adams or Dwayne also. All probably. right. It's probably... Maybe I'll go with Jay since you were Dwayne.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I feel both of them kind of are what initially linked those two lifestyles together. Because, I mean, the, their obsession with punk and their... Status as professional skateboarders goes back to the late 70s, you know, or
2: even Jay, even earlier, probably late 60s when he started. He was probably five, really, um, something like that. Wow, yeah, started surfing and skating. So,
0: but I mean, he would, unless he was like rocking Stooges records,
2: which I don't know, maybe he was. Yeah, hard to, I mean, everybody was into heavy music, so, I mean, they, right before punk.
0: Well, I mean, fast music. And skating have always gone all right. hand in hand I mean I feel like they kind of have to they embody the same ideologies which is like fucking get broke off go really fast you know blood and speed that's what it all comes down to
1: I guess I'm gonna backtrack just a second and shout out Jake Phelps also oh god of course, of course.
0: how could we forget such a
2: <laughs> such a thing I met Jake in Boston. He was probably thirteen, yeah, so like fourteen, maybe. Part of the SSD crew. I was
0: about to and say, was this during the SSD days? The gallery
2: Gallery East in Boston. So, well, they had they had a they had a ramp set up outside in the parking lot of the of the, it was just an art gallery. Yeah. They were having shows, so they they put a ramp like up against the wall, like a piece of wood against the wall. Oh my god! <laughs> that's awesome. Right, People that's just so doing, cutty. Just doing birds on it and stuff, so. And
1: years later, you realized you had met child,
2: child Jake I, Phelps in yeah, that when did Yeah, when did I get reacquainted with? I was it was like ten years ago. One of the first. This is like right when we moved. I moved here. Um, at the, Threat, the Skater of the Year Award Show. Yeah, Jake yep. was there. I think I went up to him. I was like you remember me. He's like kind of.
0: <laughs> I mean, he does and have an like, ironclad yeah, memory. Yeah. So yeah.
2: Then I think I saw him again at Portero Hill, like the grand opening. Yeah, yeah. His home. Yep.
0: So let's get into you for a hot minute, Todd. Um, The question I love to ask any skater who's a musician or any musician who's really into skating. um, Which came first for you? Was it music or skateboarding?
2: Music or skateboarding? Yeah, which which came... well, Well, my mom was a music teacher, so we were you know mandatory piano lessons at third grade right so probably music i guess even yeah. though there i remember skateboards being around as early as like 69 70 just a piece of wood with some roller skate wheels on the bottom basically so hmm.
0: that makes sense i mean yeah they were kind of more of yeah. a novelty I guess at that point, they weren't quite like, it wasn't a lifestyle Uh, yet. Not yet. All right. So then when did you start skating initially?
2: Like seriously? Yeah. like, Like, well, I mean, we had those early boards, probably 73, 74. I was 10 or 11. Okay. Got a plastic huffy. Is that something that looks like what we call a penny board? Yes, it does. Totally, totally identical, almost except with loose ball bearings. God, (laughs) which is fun. Vicious carves on those. After that, I got a, I got a, maybe about seventy-five. I got a Gordon and Smith Fiberflex with Bennett trucks and OJs. So that was my first real good, like a good skateboard, like a professional, like quality. I think we had to order it. Some of the stuff we ordered from the magazine. Oh, you wow. You could only get it in California. There weren't any skateboard shops in Ohio. So, right. So, right. <laughs> That's... And th- eventually there were, but...
0: And there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't no internet. You yeah. could just go online and, uh-huh. and get a board. Yes, <laughs> some com. of the
2: bike shops started dabbling in like having skateboards and stuff. Right here, here and there. Well,
0: even yeah. here in San Francisco, yeah. I know that right. was the. I mean, like FTC yeah. was a ski and snowboard mm-hmm. shop in the eighties, and you know, tennis. 80s. And I, think, tennis. Yeah. I
2: think even Skates on Hate was a bicycle shop initially. Right. Jesus. Right. So,
0: so then, all right, I'll um, talk a little bit too about your band and how skateboarding kind of tied into what you
2: guys were doing back then well we started our band coming back from the skateboard park in my mom's car (laughs) right it's like 77 probably now clearly like nobody knew how to play any instruments so basically it was just the idea of the band we came up with that's awesome
0: was the necros the name you came up with in your mom's car there's
2: one of them and then was the, mom cir- present? Cir- yeah, sure. <laughs> Circle Jerks was another name we were throwing yes. around. this was long before we were into being like cut, just funny and shocking. Circle right? Jerks is an
1: amazing punk punk name. Yeah, punk band name.
2: And we just we settled on the Necros, which was you know pretty. It's you know, it's pretty gross, kind of shocking. Parents would hate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. it's kind of the. Yeah, I don't doubt my mom was listening or paying attention. Probably maybe a little cleaner right. than the Circle
1: Jerks though. So but but not, by
0: <laughs> not by <laughs> yeah, much. Not by
1: much. Pretty. Uh, what age was that? Uh,
2: Fourteen. Ford, okay. probably thirteen. Yeah.
0: So you so, were, and was this endless summer that you guys were skating at? No, this no, point?
2: Soaring High in Toledo, which was, incidentally, the first indoor skate park in the country.
0: Oh wow!
2: So, right. Cool. So they even have removable walls for the summer. Hmm. So that's. Um, yeah, punk had kind of just happened on the news. The Sex Pistols were. Pretty much on the evening news like every day for like six months until sid vicious died pretty much and then punk died with him at least the public thought so
0: but it, yeah. it
2: was around yeah i i, I cut out a p- picture of sid like from time magazine and then you know put it on the bottom of my board <laughs> like with, with, with um Scotch tape or something, right? Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> so those early days, too, when, like, you guys are starting out, like, what was more important to you guys, like, playing in a punk band or skating? Or were they, like, so intertwined?
2: Like I okay, said, so the band, we didn't even try to play for, like, a year after we came up with the concept of having a band, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> nobody knew how to play. Right. So things started kind of happening. Like, we got, oh, yeah, we got kicked out of the skate park. That was pretty punk, because somebody... We had, we had our crew, like, and then there was, like, the crew of the skate park, skate park team, which would, we'd already all been fired from working at the skate park, <laughs> right?
0: And this is when you yeah. could get a job at right. a skate park. Yeah, right? was, we, were, we, were,
2: we, were, we all got jobs initially there, like, as safety monitors. You didn't get paid, but you got free skate time. We, call, <laughs> right. we call those pad nannies Exactly, <laughs> right? And, no, you didn't want to sit there and watch, but you wanted to skate. Right. So I think that's how everybody got fired, because we were, like, skating on the job, probably, or, Something.
0: Yeah, I used to work Something. at a trampoline park and yeah, that was same. their rule, like don't <laughs> jump while you're working. No.
2: Nope.
1: <laughs> so at this time was there was there any known how we kind of, I guess, our generation when we were coming into skateboarding, was there any known association between the two, or was it just well, like skaters were more likely to listen to punk at the time, and and people who were into punk were kind of likely to be skaters also, or was it just kind of really early and the two were kind of still well, separate?
2: Skateboarder magazine started like reviewing punk records, okay, and then photos of like you know Steve Olson or Al, Tony Alva looking punk started popping up in the magazine. Uh-huh. Stuff like that. Okay. And like, you know, they kept reviewing. So that that right. kind of I think that kind of I don't know, gave the that kind of started the marriage of okay. of punk, of punk and, and skateboarding. Yeah, that makes the some magazine, sense. Magazine, right? And what do you, what year was that? 77, 78. 70, okay, 80, late 70s. 80, right, right when it was happening. Okay. I mean, that whole New York Ramones thing had already happened in every I think Everybody kind of ignored it, but then the Sex Pistols was all over the news. So it really kind of started, you know, and then uh, what was the big Devo on Saturday Night Live? That was a big, mm-hmm. that was a big thing that happened. And obviously, Devo is intertwined with skateboarding. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I guess for you guys, there was never like a critical point where it's like, oh, we're a punk band who skates or we're skaters who are in a punk band. Like the way you're describing it coming from Skateboarder Magazine,
2: you know, like... It just kind of... just pushed on us. Yeah, totally. like, it just sort of <laughs> happened. I mean, we were already into heavy music. To us, there wasn't any difference between, say, the first Van Halen album and the first Ramones album and the New Black Sabbath album, right? It was all kind of... It was just heavy rock.
1: There's... We'll get into it a little, a little uh, later down the subject, but there seems to be this natural progression of, like, even... That sounds like that's very early in skateboard history and to, like see someone that you know about already in a magazine but like portraying this lifestyle that like doesn't necessarily isn't focused on skateboarding well like it takes off completely because like you know it's happened with other stuff in skateboarding too specifically like rap and hip-hop way later down the timeline but i'm sure that was like
2: the liftoff point Kind of a big deal. Tony, you know, Tony Alva cut all his hair off, right, and and went punk. Right, and uh, I mean all those dudes in the like Olson, like in the parking lot, you know, with his finger in his nose and stuff like that. Well, I was gonna say like
0: (laughs) Alva and like Peralta and all those dudes, like they all had long hair, like when they first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the the look of. Surfing, skating, Southern which California, which was just
2: as degenerate and frowned upon as when they went punk, right? But, <laughs> right. But right.
0: I think right. the punk thing was even like worse. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but culturally, it was seen as way more shocking. You know, long hair and stuff was just like a product of the entire '70s. You know, but punk was such a radical shift. I mean, I always love that scene in the Freaks and Geeks where. They're sitting around the breakfast table, and the and the dad says, "Like, have you read about these sex pistols? They spit on their audience." and It's just so he can't even fathom it because he's just you such a conservative. Um, it's
2: like why would you why would you want to do that? It just seems odd to
0: me, right? So, did the Necros get any coverage then in Skateboarder or any skate related thing? Um, at after that point? after
2: we got going, mm-hmm. I mean, we got some early Thrasher coverage. Cool. Stuff like that.
0: And uh you guys also shot some stuff too with a uh, legendary skate and punk photographer Glenn Friedman. Yeah. Did I'm he was
2: uh probably the second tour, I think. Okay. Actually, out out west.
0: Did he shoot just music photos of you guys or did you guys go skating with him? There's skate photos too,
2: too. so I've talked to him, he can't find them. The negatives are somewhere in his mom's attic or something.
0: I mean that's the thing about being a photographer. The content yeah. just sort of piles up on itself, and next thing you know, you're like forgetting about stuff. That... There's, an,
2: there's a nice shot that he took of me doing a, like a layback at the banks in in Santa Monica at, at Kenner. Oh, nice. So, yeah,
1: which is pretty cool, All right. How was that getting like being in Thrasher?
2: Oh, it was awesome, right? It's like that it was like the mag then, Because you, know, yeah. you know, Action Now was or skateboarder. Action Now was dead okay. already, and then Thrasher kind of popped up i think i initially did like a i wrote like a, a midwest kind of skate article for thrasher and of course name dropped my band uh, <laughs> well you <laughs> have to yeah, yeah exactly I mean, isn't and, and that the well, point point? And, and all the other bands in our little detroit kind of michigan centric scene well so.
0: this is perfect segue because i mean um i read the book you lent me a while back and anyone listening uh if you have any interest in the Midwest, Detroit, Ohio, hardcore music, uh, there's this great book called Why Be Something You're Not. Such an easy and good read, and you learn so much about just that whole culture and that life, that era. It's awesome. But one of the things I never knew was that so much of your scene came out of the Endless Summer right. skate park so i didn't realize that wasn't the one you hung out at in the beginning but yeah just talk about endless summer bit and how that it kind was of up helped shape the, like, the scene. You know,
2: summer was up in the north detroit suburbs like roseville which is a good it's like 15 miles from downtown so you're up in the burbs mm-hmm. definitely um you know they uh i think initially chris yandel Remember him? No, uh, I don't remember. He was him. a 70s slalom guy. Okay. They brought him in to design it, and he okay. like, moved to Michigan, and they had all this big deal. And I think he had a hand in our skate park, too, soaring high in Toledo. But, um, yeah, I mean, they had a pool, right? And then, then later they got a Wally Holiday like kidney. Oh, which that's right. Which was a big deal, right? So, that was just kind of like, you know, the punk thing just kind of happened, and kids. It was kind of like a war between Endless Summer and the other park in Detroit was Skateboard USA, and those kids were all straight, kind of of not squares, just not punk, right? They didn't, they did not, they did not go for the punk thing.
1: Well, the name was something to be, you know.
2: And Endless Summer started being a people who didn't punks who didn't hang, who didn't skate, hung out there. Um, Yeah, it was just the the, spot. It was the place to go, you know, because it's like Michigan; it's fucking boring as fuck right it's like
0: <laughs> well i think there's always something to be said about that within skating about something bringing all sorts of miscreants right. to one location like you know even here in san francisco with like emb and stuff there was graffiti artists and hip hop artists and skaters and like all sorts of weirdos just hanging out in one location it was just like a breeding ground of culture skate
1: parks in general are just like you know attract all every and all fuckery for sure oh yeah whether you're a skater or not yeah Yeah, that's
2: kind of where I, i don't know when i moved to livermore that's where i went To get some weed the day day I moved there. So there you go. Oh, there's a skate
0: park here? Bet someone there has
2: weed. (laughs) It seems like ancient history now when it was illegal. That is facts, though. (laughs) That's like,
1: you're guaranteed to to score for sure.
2: I hooked up up in five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Meanwhile,
0: though, the the flip side of that is that so many parks now are built in like school
2: zones. So, like. Yeah, that's kind of the concentration concentration camp theory or next to the police department. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's like. It's so like we can kind of, like, we can keep it, our eyes on everybody. In a right? community center. Yeah, I think they, they had a camera at this park at Livermore, and the kids, like, climbed the pole and tore it down, right? <laughs> it's like, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and it's right behind the police station anyway, so it's like, whatever.
0: But, yeah, so Endless Summer, though, that yeah. was clearly the place to be at well, that yeah, point the time. Did,
2: We did our record release party there. Like, played the freestyle area in the banked area. So, oh, with, like... couple other bands opening and stuff so so
0: now that your band has some traction and it's like publicly known that you skate were like you linking up with skaters too that you were like super stoked on to even like be running into and then the flip side of that too is like other bands were skating too like i know minor threat was all skaters and stuff as well so what what was i mean at this point all the culture is meshing together What were some like gnarly things that kind of happened because of that?
2: Oh, well, the one, well, Friedman Glenn like hooked us up with like Alva and Adams and David Hackett and Jay Smith. So, I mean, Tony Alva like took us to Paul Revere High School or Junior High, like where they invented bank writing, right? Yeah, Uh, like following his lines. It's like that was like just pretty, you know, pretty, pretty awe inspiring.
0: My friend went to that school
2: actually hanging out with Jay Adams skating some, like, shitty halfpipe in Santa Monica, like, and he doesn't doesn't have a board, it doesn't have a board, so he borrows mine, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, (laughs) no way, that's amazing, I think I had, like, a McGill with, like, trackers and and (laughs) mini-cubics or something, so.
0: Yeah, I should probably ask that, too, like, at this point, too, the Bones Brigade and stuff is, like, starting to blow up, and, like, I know, like, early on, Cab was rocking Misfits gear and stuff like that, like, what was that like with like because the bones brigade were larger than life to some extent you know they were like super celebrities and they're rocking bands that like you hang out with on a regular basis
1: was were they like oh look at those posers
2: i think the, the, i think we played like Corey o'brien's birthday party in san jose with the faction opening like in a <laughs> driveway right so there's like yeah it's funny to think
0: of playing in a driveway with cab
2: oh there's a photo of me with like the dude from rancid sitting in the kick drum like he's like 10
0: who tim armstrong yeah What?
2: yeah because the kick drum was moving and then but everybody else is behind me like cab the o'briens like et etc like all those dudes that's
0: fucking wild
2: i remember raskop was going to early uh he went to necro shows early on before he moved to California, because they lived in Dayton. Okay. And Mar- uh, Marty Geminas and Rob used to come up to shows actually.
0: Well, again, you're so, you're making a perfect segue for me right awesome. here. Awesome. Because <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost like you read the outline that I sent you. Oh my god, really? <laughs> it's wild. Um, so yeah, at, you know, it gets to a point too, like the necros break up, and eventually you're doing the laughing hyenas, but. Also, in the late 80s, like, I felt, you know, Dayton, Ohio is actually starting to pull some decent talent with, like, the development of Alien Workshop. And uh, I know, you know, my personal favorite stories that you've told me, uh, you know, skating Dan Sturt's ramp.
2: Like... Well, Dan was a good friend of mine.
0: Right. Well, From, well so...
2: Was, h- Dan was up in Toledo.
0: Okay, That's so... Right. But basically what I'm trying to get at is, like, what what was kind of the catalyst for all of a sudden all this stuff in skateboarding is happening in the Midwest? Ohio,
2: i don't know man i mean what neil blender didn't he move to dayton at some point well yeah he moved there to start alien Alien workshop Workshop. yeah with like Mm -hmm. mike hill and some other people and then there was like surf ohio they had these like big like there was this arena in dayton where they had these big demos but there was like there'd be thousands of kids showing up to these skate demos like they had they had this arena so, and then we were more, remember, we were from Toledo, so we were more kind of Michigan oriented because we're right on the border. But, I mean, I went to a lot of those things in Dayton and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just weird. It's like, why is Neil Blender moving to Ohio? Well, yeah. Like, everybody was, like, kind of dumbfounded. <laughs> While everyone right? was moving to California right. at the exactly. time. Yeah, that's, right? that's funny.
0: But, I mean, yeah, I, I know that, like, Alien Workshop going to Dayton, it's so funny because, like, it clearly was the right move for them. But at the time, I know it was seen as, like, bizarre because what kind of skate scene is in (laughs) fucking Dayton, Ohio? There was, I mean. And I mean, too, you were traveling the country at this point, too. Like, what, other than California, like, were you seeing skating, like, on the ground floor in so many other places? Oh,
2: everywhere. Uh, At some point. Like, by, you know, 81, 82. It was, like, it was definitely intertwined with punk, like.
0: Like I said in the beginning, you know, like, blood, speed,
2: aggression, like. Punk it's, skateboarders in Manhattan, right? Like it's outside yeah. of CBGBs and stuff right. like that, like. Dan I mean, Dan Sturt, I think I met at a Flipper show, a Flipper Necro show in Ann Arbor. Actually, he was doing these bizarre, like twisting, twisting, contorting stage dives. I remember just taking people out like big time <laughs> it sounds like his mo yeah, exactly. he was all into oh, taking yeah. people out especially
0: like threatening them with a bow and arrow to land their shit Yikes. or he was going to take them out
2: or or diving off of a, a seven-story like hotel balcony on acid into a pool right
0: so now <laughs> now we're on point cra- two though he's the
2: craziest person i've ever met totally like for, which one dan sturt for real like totally I mean maybe not so crazy now but definitely like, he was literally just off his rocker like
0: <laughs> I mean all the best artists yes, typically are exactly, aren't they
2: exactly,
0: <laughs> Right? like he yeah he is seen widely as like one of the two or three best skate photographers of all time yeah
1: definitely he's in your top three for oh, sure he's right? my number
0: one but yeah, like yeah. between like Grant Britton Friedman, Glenn Friedman, and Sturt, Sturt like and then beyond that maybe like Spike Jones and like Bryce Knights like if you want to take the list so a little original
2: further. some of the Warren Bolster original skateboard photography is pretty awesome yeah
0: I, I forgot Stessic too I yeah, shouldn't guys, I shouldn't yeah, leave yeah. him out the yeah. list either he was pretty influential
2: in the beginning so Jim Goodrich it was a good one some of that stuff was all those guys were pretty I mean they were professional photographers that right, right all working for Surfer
0: so at this point though too now that like in history like. You know, we're in the early 90s now in terms of most of the stuff we're talking about. And now at this point, skateboarding videos are starting to have, like, massive punk soundtracks. Like, I know Hensley was skating to Operation Ivy at this point. Carol is skating to, like, Beastie Boys punk songs. People are skating to Bad Brains. Like, what was what do you have to say about that shift where now, like, I mean, we talked about, like, cab-rocking Misfits gear right. in the Bones Brigade era, but, you know, at this point, the Misfits were relevant when he's doing that. Now we're at a point where, like, all these bands don't exist anymore, mm-hmm. and they are seen as, like, the standard of what you put in a skate video. Like, can you give your take on that shift at all? I feel like a lot uh, of the music was more right? generic mm-hmm.
1: yeah. to an extent,
0: but now it's, like, people are Like going out of their way to choose this misfit song or this bad brain song or this fugazi song like what was that cultural shift like from your eyes in terms of like these are the people you've been making music with for the last 10 some odd plus years
1: it almost seems like anything else when it that happens in skateboarding like it would
2: ruin it for some people the punk thing yeah yeah, I think it, it probably did for a good... A large segment, right? And
0: I mean, I'm sure they were bummed... Some of them were bummed on it, but at the same time, some of them were like...
2: Some of those mellow people in San Diego, right? It's right. Like,
0: <laughs> but some of them had to be stoked, like...
2: Yeah, well, I mean... But then look how it got during the whole... I mean, you got you know that Gator, like, MTV thing. Like, Jesus. Like, right? Mm-hmm. I was just like... <laughs> The yeah. whole I don't know people wearing pastels, right? Right. That yeah, 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 I I I, I kind of rejected that whole thing. Right. Right. The whole
1: going into the Savannah slammer. Yeah. Right.
2: Like, uh, what are you like? You you're dressing like that? Okay, but some of those haircuts that were clothed.
1: <laughs> well,
0: like fucking Tony Hawk <laughs> Tony with a yeah. yeah. We're right? talking
2: like,
1: about the Birdman. Like, you know. Yeah. Because I I don't know I just
0: think it's crazy that like you know one minute all of these bands are like it's like handoff cassettes that you're getting from friends or like you're looking at minimally circulated zines that are being like oh order this adolescence record by mail but you know you're sending check directly to like some suburban teenager's house to get the record but now all of a sudden all of these songs that were just like passed around among peers now they're in skate videos that are being right. seen yeah. on a nationwide if not worldwide scale like you know plan B was pushing a lot of those songs I mean even in the blind video they had a dinosaur jr. song and all these bands were so on the low before and now all of a sudden they're in a media platform that well skate videos at this point still were underground they're being seen by a ton of people who might not have heard that music otherwise had they not right. seen this well, video. Yeah, yeah. So that's like the shift I'm referring to. Like, uh, that's why I was wondering if you... Where
2: it started getting popular. Kind yeah, of, right? where or, like uh, I
0: didn't know if you were affected by that or yeah. people around you were or, or what.
2: I mean, not really. It just kind of seemed some of these bands were getting, you know, more popular than others because they're getting exposure.
0: I mean, I feel like that's how skating has always been culturally too, like things just kind of happen and there's, yeah. and no one's like, oh, this is like important or this is like a moment like in history that we're going to think about or be talking about. Like it's just, it, it just happens as it goes and that's all there is to it. No one's really dwelling on it in right, any the big moment, shape the or moment. form. Right,
1: yeah. And in that transition, was there any, like, any time you found yourself looking at others as, like, you're seeing, you know, dudes who may not look like, look the part or live the part in videos using these songs where you find yourself at any moment, like, well, like, fuck that, like, that kid's, that kid's soft, like, that kid's not really into it, like, like, kind of like he's a poser th- right poser <laughs> totally like throwing it back yeah a not bit. really
2: i mean i probably wasn't paying that much attention okay like to what was going on with that at the at, the, at that moment
0: well by then you're wrapped up in the laughing hyenas oh too. that was about
2: 91 so yeah. yeah at some point i you know the vert ramps were gone so i wasn't really skating that much anymore because yeah. i can't even ollie yeah (laughs) so well that was yeah that was
1: the death of vert and yeah in comes street
2: first everybody everybody chopped their vert ramps to mini ramps right initially but then even after a while those were gone
1: you can thank plan b for that people even
2: people even took the mini ramps apart and used them for launch ramps yeah like where they'd cart around in a pickup truck go to a parking lot and skate a launch ramp right like yeah yeah. well even
0: before Plan B like World Industries put out that video oh, yeah. Rubbish Heap and that yeah. was like 100% street skating yeah. in a time yeah. where like that wasn't even really a thing yet
2: yeah. like you mm-hmm. know
0: you'd see some street stuff in like those Bones Brigade videos like maybe Tommy Guerrero bombing a right. hill right. Um, oh shit I should have brought that up before too Like you, didn't you play with free beer back yeah, in the day <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, down Broadway actually which isn't there anymore I don't think it's just down the street.
0: Yeah, what, what was the club called again? The On Broadway.
2: Uh, just On Broadway. It's right across the street from Big L's. Yeah, and that's where, like, the them. Dead Kennedys used to play the Mabuhay was shit, downstairs, like, like, next door. All right. So I played both the Mabuhay and that, and the Stone across the street.
0: Yeah, that's a different neighborhood now for yeah,
2: sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the first time when we played the Mabuhay, it was like, they're like, yeah, don't wander too far away by yourself because you'll probably get jumped so
0: so now both in music culture at this point too and in skating culture punk is no longer seen as like the ultimate form of rebellion like by the early 90s you've got like right. green day getting played on the radio yeah nirvana being on the radio and shit like that but at the same time now it's all about hip-hop hip-hop's the ca- the real counterculture the real voice of rebellion the
2: underground the underground rock scene is pretty happening in at, at the early 90s i think so. yeah,
1: yeah i wouldn't say hip hop necessarily like dominated or took over at that point you were just seeing it kind of creep in mm-hmm. a little bit i still feel like there was i don't know like a heavier association with punk at that time with skateboarding
0: well i think it was like mid 90s like 94 Maybe ninety five, like you know, you have like Kareem Campbell skating yeah, to like Wu Tang, like yeah,
1: and, yeah. They're all like everyone's skating a gang star, mm-hmm. and but Wu-Tang as far as like associating like a lifestyle heavily, I would still, I still think it's completely different now, and we'll get there. But like, I still think at that time it was like it was turning maybe. Well, and I
0: mean that's what I wanted to start getting into though is like. This is the turn now. Like, this is the point where punk and skating, while they're still intertwined, hip hop is slowly coming in and starting to like phase it out and shift that whole lifestyle a hip-hop bit. Hip hop
2: was kind of the new punk, right? Well, yes. that, that's kind of what I'm getting at rebellion, here. Yeah, rebellion really. music. So it was kind. Of, it seemed it was probably a natural thing for skaters to
1: you know what I think about is the kid who and I don't think this maybe nowadays I don't think this ever happened at this time is I think of a kid who is heavy heavy into punk rock and just because of that gets a skateboard starts carrying a skateboard right. with him, <laughs> starts riding down the street and I don't think you can say that necessarily for rap music. Just because you're heavy into rap, you're, you're not a skateboard. really right. Yeah, I'm not yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. translate necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that about like just kids being into that lifestyle as a whole, that like picking up a skateboard and, and almost having it as an accessory uh for lack of a better term was like always made more sense with like the punk lifestyle and it's different now because skateboarding is integrated into everything yeah yeah definitely um but that's that's what i think about when we were getting ready for this episode like honestly even up through like when i was in high school like that still like i used to see kids who had, I could tell you had no real interest in skateboarding, but would, <laughs> were carrying a board with them and would, would skate with yeah. us anyways, but it was more to, like, play to the punk thing.
2: Yeah.
0: You're totally right. That's something I didn't even think of, and especially when I read interviews from skaters who are from more of, like, an urban environment in that sense, like... They were all looked at as fucking weirdos for like being in the Bronx or something. Yeah, right. And like, like they're the only black kid in the neighborhood with a skateboard, and everyone like yeah. doesn't understand what they're getting at whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, yeah, you're right. I guess among like suburban punk lifestyle, it was more of an accessory which is such a weird thing to consider I know. but
1: you're it's, it's right cringe, you're totally right <laughs> but like even in san francisco here like going through middle school and high school like it was so obvious that like like they had they had just gotten a skateboard because it fit into that so punk, image in the, and punk the punk punk, thing. yeah oh yeah well, Alright. Yeah,
0: but by the time you and myself are like that age like we're talking like this is like late 90s early 2000s now hip-hop and skateboarding were way more integrated at that point yeah sure once it was the baggy pants you know skating the hieroglyphics era mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was it was but over you know, like was... punk was no longer gonna be the genre of music that necessarily reeled a ton of skaters in. and then like the rebirth of that comes with like the fucking war tour. To it was extent. still
1: very regional too though, I think. So like, I mean like it was it seemed more natural for me to be to gravitate towards hip hop because I'm from San Francisco and we're into graffiti, you know, and like the street culture of like, you know, um so
0: I guess it also depends, too, it what depends brands you're through. into as well, because... Very true. Probably. Very well, true. like, growing up, I was super into Zero. Zero was, like...
1: That's a punk, really good point, metal, actually.
0: like, fast music, so, like, we were all about all that shit. We loved Danzig, we loved Iron Maiden, we loved The Misfits. It wasn't until, like, a little later we started seeing videos with hip-hop, and, and even those videos were, like... You know, sometimes you'd get some classic shit like someone skating to fucking Wu-Tang or, um, I'm trying to think. Of... I, I think I just keep thinking of Wu-Tang and Gangstar because I think of like Steve Olson skating to fucking above the clouds. The other Steve Olson. Yeah. Yes. I, we should <laughs> specify the other Steve mm-hmm. Olson, not old school punk rock Steve Olson, but
1: Curly haired, eating yes. shrooms, uh-huh. yeah, Steve <laughs> major psychedelics. The yeah. uh, but yo, like, but that's that's a really really good point. Actually, that is you hit the nail on the head with the brand thing. Well, like Shorties came out, and maybe we were it was, all about maybe fulfill it was the, the companies
2: dream. that kind of like made the shift. Right? I think I think with that's the videos. Yeah, right?
1: that's a really good point because now companies now are so fluid with who they market to that like it's so much it's so obvious that that was like a thing back then so like zero black label it, it maybe america or like things like that were like definitely marketed and geared towards a punk crowd and we don't see that so much anymore with with anything anyway
0: well i mean obviously some companies are still marketing like that like dgk isn't going for the sure punk crowd. sure correct <laughs> and yeah. same with like correct. Zero ain't going for the hip hop crowd. Yeah, but
1: they've kind of, they've like, they've, I don't know, I feel like they've, uh, I don't want to say mellowed out, but like, I feel like they've kind of become more of like a full circle brand.
0: I guess, I mean, yeah. Than
1: they used to be.
0: Jamie Thomas skating the fucking No Limit.
1: Stuff is
0: like pretty. I guess that's a good point.
1: Foundation and toy machine and companies like that might still be kind of pushing the line a little bit.
0: Yeah, but then meanwhile, like you know, girl was back in the day very much a hip hop oriented company. Sure, they wouldn't. You wouldn't hear like fucking misfit songs or fugazi songs in a girl chocolate video. Brought up
1: DGK. That's hilarious.
0: Oh, I mean, they're the most hip hop tied in. Entity within skating at this point and like like Shorty's was back in the day I Mean even element back in the early 90s. Their first video was very yeah. much all about like We're only gonna have hip-hop. Yeah, we're only gonna be promoting like Graffiti style graphics and urban culture, you know, they were called underworld element at first people oh, often right. forget yeah. that they weren't even element and now element is such a like you know their last video had bad brains op ivy but then it also had like tortoise and like weird indie rock and stuff like that yeah
1: i think it's just you know it's cliche but history repeats itself and that's why like that was such a visual for me hearing about you talk about like seeing steve olson in a magazine like really like identifying with the culture and the subculture and that was like totally something i went through like being a kid from San Francisco years later with like like hip hop, like seeing these skaters in the magazine right. and being like, oh wow, like they're super uh-huh. into this. Yeah, they're like they're totally portraying this lifestyle. That was like I think it's it's uh it's infatuation kinda is it's the same difference more or less. Right. But with, with the subculture. Yeah.
0: But The question I wanted to essentially end on here today and, like, something to discuss is, like, is skateboarding still considered punk? Like, Hmm. are the two mutually exclusive—like, is punk even real anymore is, like, a whole other thing I could get into,
2: but— Yeah, I don't know. The damned are playing Oracle Arena, so—
0: yeah, right. and the Misfits, and like, the misfits. and it's it's like what a hundred twenty bucks a ticket or some shit. That's the least punk thing I've ever heard yeah. in my damn life.
2: <laughs> right. So I don't know. I mean,
0: but are those two lifestyles mutually exclusive? Like, I think when we were growing up, they were both heavily marketed towards us. Like I brought up the Warp Tour a minute ago. And it was like, yeah, go see a bunch of punk bands, but right. also go see like Stevie Cab and Jeff Rowley and yeah. Christian Hesoi shred a ramp. Right. But I just think that those two worlds now, it's just more excuses for marketing at this point above anything. Like, unfortunately, I don't think skating is punk and I don't think punk and skating are like tied together. Yeah, to they same figured way.
2: out how to sell a lot of both a while ago, didn't they? all right -hmm. i mean who and who do we
0: blame here like we we ate that shit up (laughs) like across multiple generations clearly because like i mean you're like a good 20 years older than both of us are and 25 we we both yeah we both multiple generations bought into this shit oh, no question
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I got to agree with you I'm that's a hard no for me I don't think that I don't I don't see I mean I don't see the kids gravitating and flocking to that at least like as far as like the lifestyle and the clothes and the music and like how heavily associated it was with skateboarding, like I said, like a kid who could be into punk rock and would just get a skateboard. Like yeah. I don't see that at all anymore. No. Not not, not even all. a little bit and um I don't yeah, I think that's long gone actually.
0: I think there will always be like some faction of people who get into it, like and they're into both things. You'll always go to a skate park and see like one kid with a fucking studded belt and some spiky hair
1: there'll like, always be like, yeah. yeah like there,
0: there'll always be one are you cory duffel
1: yeah no, <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah are we are we not gonna talk about cory Duffel here Come i on. think he's like one of the last
0: strongholds <laughs> the of like of that whole thing Was, dude. What, would you
1: consider him ever like to be legit like is he a punk rocker yeah
2: sure well, i don't know
1: in one of his Walnut phases, Walnut Creek, right? <laughs> putting Walnut
0: Creek on the map, man. man. You ever run um, into him out there in the? East I fin- think
2: I did, like not lately, but like when we moved here. There's yeah. that kind of jive park in Walnut Creek. That's kind of fun, actually, but it's still.
1: I'm actually proud and glad that no one brought him up because,
2: oh, man. you
1: know, no, 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 nothing like that, but... Uh, at least it was at the, it was at the end. You so. will, you, you, you'd ask a lot of people like that question for the intro, like, who's the punkest skater? And More by eyes, oh yeah, yeah, right, by, by the image, and, you know, no no salt or him, um, by the image, a lot of people would say him, probably. Sure. Yeah, especially
0: and, younger kids nowadays, but even though, like, He's changed up this his is, whole look too, man. Yeah, he's he's got like really, a bowl cut and like Did he?
2: He went for kind of a
0: Yeah, he's got a bowl cut and he like rocks Converse and he's like always wearing this like anytime I feel like I see him, he's wearing this like same white and black striped shirt like
2: Oh, that's right. I almost yeah, feel yeah. like he's yeah, like that's his <laughs> signature.
0: You no, know, his signature to me has always been the Freddy Krueger okay, right, right. Oh, that's right he's like that
2: sweater. Yeah, he yeah, rocks yeah, yeah. the Krueger sweater totally and right. was
0: like doing fucking front side salad grinds and shit like i just think of that clip in the beginning of free your mind he like does like a isn't it doesn't he do like a front salad on a handrail and then he like does the kick off the fence like and that's like ultimate freddy krueger corey duffel era
1: so if there's anything you're going to take away from this episode it's that Corey Duffel is <laughs> He's the last is kind hold. of is He's kind last,
2: of punk. the last punk rock skateboard. Yeah,
1: because yeah. like I'm trying to think of anyone Corey <laughs> like <laughs> Corey Duffel got a pass from. Who's Doc? the other dude? Uh, Jim Greco. He was pretty. Gre- oh, yeah, Greco. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I, oh man, how do yeah. we not bring up Greco too? Because yeah. he,
0: him, and Ali Bulala. Yeah. Uh, yep were, like really into perpetuating and that's, that was shit. like
1: the height of like skateboarding marketing it to like yes that. like Baker very much was
0: like all right we got a thing going here like these yeah. dudes right. wear leather and they got the spiky hair like they let's was, fucking run they with they piss drums they've been
2: skating their boots the piss right, drums right? yeah <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> they were they were very much the same era and like again bringing up the Warp Tour like the Warp yeah, Tour totally. was very much the like yeah. polished like. This is the punk you hear on the radio, but meanwhile, you had the piss drunks who were like, Nah, we only listen to fucking punk bands that are 30 years old and did tons of fucking heroin when, (laughs) when they were around. There was the flip side of both worlds of punk at the height of like... All that shit going on, where it was being massively marketed towards us. Kind of the gutter punk skateboarding thing. But that. Right? What, what was... I'm trying to say is, I can't think of anyone nowadays who's no, like I'm embodied not. Yeah. Like maybe.
1: Is it the kid the kid from Supreme? Yes, sir.
0: Which kid?
1: The uh, Ben.
0: Oh yeah, what uh, Ben?
1: Ben Cadell. C- yeah,
0: that's his last name. But even kind, only kind of, like, he skated in the Smashing Pumpkins in his last part. That's not punk. That's no, no, like, ally. that's, that's like an indie move. Like, oh, that guy's so indie. he's alternative. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but like, when I think of like, I'm trying to think of like skaters nowadays who could be like real punk in that sense. Like, the closest thing I think that comes to mind is like Colin Provost, and he's not even really punk. He's like more metal. He loves like Stone Cold Steve Austin and like he's very much in that sector of people. It's way more hip hop oriented now. I mean every now and then too you'll get like there was some Nike video that came out where I think it was Tommy Sandoval or Justin Brock Tommy Sandoval on Nike? No. No. So then it was just it had to have been Justin Brock but he skated to fucking Minor Threat in a Nike video. And I thought that was fucking mind-blowing. Like, there's no way that Ian would have gone for that fucking 20, 30 years. I'm surprised yeah. he even went for it now. Like...
1: Well, like all the rules are thrown out the window now. I think the Necros popped up on some Thrasher
2: online thing. Recently? A years ago. Last year, maybe. I want to know who's game. Like, yeah, they used a song? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: I mean, I it's still the music is still used but in terms of like a skater embodying that whole idea it's just not something you really see anymore and if there are like like you know we're we're having trouble just coming up with the dude on supreme fucking ben cadeau like (laughs) if if there are other people they're so far and few between at this point because skating's just too friendly and polished like it's it's just not about that life anymore. You know, the gutter is not so, yeah, cool.
2: It was the, the Joe Jackson song. He made skateboarding respectable, remember? I'm the man. There's some line about making skateboarding respectable. Right. <laughs> yeah. This hmm. is like in I don't know, when did that come out? Seventy eight? Well, um, probably. So Predicting the Future, yeah, I guess. Basically. So Did you see the twelve sixty? Oh yeah, probably. yeah, oh, yeah. Right. It was pretty insane. <laughs> I like... that's where we're at
1: now, <laughs> yeah, Seriously,
0: people fucking breaking world records on national television, wow. on ESPN,
1: on a thirty-foot ramp,
0: <laughs> sponsored by like massive fucking energy drink companies. And he was shit, pretty
1: stoked, but... though. Yeah, safe to say it's lo- it lost its punk edge, just a bit.
0: But I mean, yeah, punk has lost its punk edge. So what the fuck are you even gonna do?